Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm a transformational leader and an instigator of joy. And I am so excited you're here. I am stoked for this week's episode. I rarely, very, 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 very rarely listen to episodes after they air because I've been there. I've been there, done that, had that amazing conversation. And now I'm ready to consume new content. But there was so much goodness in this conversation that I can't wait to go back and listen. And yes, some of that goodness is about me. I want to go back and take notes because Caitlin dug into my astrology. And as I think I say in this episode, astrology just, it just seems to go in and right out of my brain. I cannot retain the information. So I'm looking forward to go going back and really digging in and taking notes again and again and again. Like when I used to study biology in college, I would just copy my notes over a bunch of times until I just like carved it into my brain. So that might be what I'm going to do with this episode. So before we get into this episode, I've got things to tell you. The first is that there are six teeny tiny little frogs on my window right now. And these frogs they, they're like golden on the, their back is golden and their front is kind of transparent. So that when they're hopping on my window, I, I can see their insides, but then when they land on the hibiscus plant right outside my window, they're just shimmery and golden and beautiful. I've looked up the symbolism of frogs and it means abundance and prosperity and good luck. So yay. I'm here for that. I'm totally excited about that. Okay. Now let me tell you about the things I've been creating. I've just been like, I don't know, really excited about making a bunch of stuff lately. So the newest addition is my meditation library. I've got more than 20 guided meditations all available for you. You just need the secret password. So go get the secret password and then you'll have access to all of these meditations and you can download them so you can use them without Wi-Fi, which is so important to me because I turn my phone on airplane mode like eight o'clock every night and don't turn it back on until, well, until I feel like it. But a lot of times like in that time when my phone is on airplane mode, I would actually love to listen to a meditation. When I wake up at the middle of the night, I would love to listen to a meditation but I don't want to put my phone on Wi-Fi. So anyway, you can download these and listen to them without Wi-Fi. Also, if you're like totally nomadic and find yourself someplace without Wi-Fi, you can still meditate. You can bring me with you. How great is that? Okay, moving on. The four six profile. I created this video class all for people with a four six profile which is me. So you're going to hear some personal stories in there. It's also for people who love a four, six profile. So you can understand the human that you love. And of course it is for those of you, those of us who love all things, human design and just want to learn it all. And just are like super hungry for the information. So the four, six profile, the class is available on my website under human design classes. And then private sessions with me. So this is where you and me, we get on one on one and we make magic. You bring whatever is feeling struggling to you, whatever, wherever you're feeling stuck. And we're going to use your human design. We are going to coach the crap out of that. We are going to bring in some, I don't know, maybe there's going to be some mindfulness and meditation in there. Maybe there's going to be some healing. I have no idea, 
we are going to have a little bit of an idea where we're going and we are going to make so much space for magic. So oh, again, go to KelseyAbbott.com to book your private session. This is my favorite way to work with people because we can bring in the energy. We can bring in the human design. And instead of it being a human design reading, I'm not just like talking at you. I'm reminding you who you are. We are leaning into your design to just say, Hey, your soul actually chose for you to do this this way. So what happens if you start doing it that way? What happens if you perform an experiment on yourself? Okay. One last thing core with Kelsey. That's right. Core. So we're switching gears a little bit to exercise. You can get a core class with me on my website at KelseyAbbott.com. You can do it all by yourself. No one else will see you. You can pause me whenever you need to. You can skip the exercises you don't like. You can skip straight to the meditation if you want, because the class that is available right now, which is called Plank You Very Much, is 28 minutes of court. It's not scary. It's it's only 28 minutes because I go super slowly through, especially the warm up, really trying to explain it and explain how to activate everything that we want to be activating and not activating the things that we don't want to be activating. And then it's 12 minutes of a guided gratitude meditation at the end. So go to KelseyAbbott.com to get yourself. Thank you very much. And as more core classes are added, which will happen when the temperature cools down a little bit here, you can also get those on my website at the core with Kelsey tab. Now, Caitlin Gehring is an amazing human, an amazing, super sparkly reflector. She came into my life miraculously only a couple weeks ago, but I feel like we go way back. She is like one of my new favorite people. I am so excited to know her. We had so much fun together. We know we're going to have so much fun together going forward. And she is an astrology genius. So I love the fact that all of us here us spiritual beings, having a human experience, remembering who we are, trying to align ourselves with what our souls chose for us before we came here, trying to complete our mission, you know, live out our mission, change the world in the way that we are here to do it. We have all these tools to use. We've got astrology, we've got human design and they work together so well. So what Caitlin and I do in this episode is she reads a bunch of stuff from my astrology chart. I read a bunch of stuff from her, her human design chart and we just play. I hope you guys love it. And the other thing that knowing our astrology and human design does is it doesn't just help us remember who we are. It also helps boost our bravery so that we are brave enough to be the person that we came here to be. Okay. So let me tell you about Caitlin. Caitlin is an astrologer, a Reiki master, tarot reader, writer, and well-being and spirituality coach for multidimensional humans creating greater love, health, and alignment in their lives. Her background in, in astrology spans from modern, esoteric, to traditional Hellenistic astrology, and she reads for individuals, couples, and businesses with the goal of reminding the client of their intentionally chosen, unique expression of wholeness through honoring their true nature. She works with creatives, entrepreneurs, and conscious humans who are seeking or practicing their sacred work, both one-on-one -on -one and in groups. Caitlin is a 3-5 reflector and a Gemini sun, Aquarius moon, Taurus rising. 
And now I actually can retain the information on my astrology. I'm Libra sun, Aquarius moon, Sagittarius rising. In case you were wondering, I'm pretty sure we cover that in the episode. Okay. We, one last thing before we get there, Pete and I had an astrocartography session with Caitlin. If you're not familiar with that, that is, well, if you're not familiar with it, you should probably ask Caitlin, but basically it's where astrology is used to determine where the energy is best for you to live. Our biggest takeaway from it is that, I mean, we've been thinking, I've told you guys that we're moving, right? We know we're moving. We just have no idea where or when, and we are waiting to be shown. So we had this astrocartography reading and find out that my Saturn line goes directly through Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, and Charlotte, North Carolina. We were never thinking of living in Atlanta. And in fact, when we were traveling in the camper, we drove through Atlanta and just had this horrific experience and committed at that time to never driving through Atlanta ever again. Charlotte, North Carolina seemed like a a nice place. We might go explore there as we're craving tall trees. Turns out Saturn is this epic, harsh teacher. And I don't want to live anywhere near my Saturn line. So that was like this amazing takeaway from that session all. And this was last week. And last week's theme for me was no, I kept, I, I just felt like I was cleaning things out. Like I would get pitches for opportunities that didn't fit. Just no, 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 of course. No, thank you. Um, I was clearing things out physically. It just felt like, like there were so many opportunities to say no. And I know when the universe just serves us all these things to say no to, it's just trying to get super clear. It's just trying to narrow in so that it can bring us the perfect thing. So I was getting so excited with all these no's. So anyway, astrocartography session with Caitlin was amazing. All of her information is in this episode and in the show notes, check her out, follow her, get our, get on her email list. Cause already the first email I got from her pretty much changed my life. This girl is amazing and epic. I'm so excited to introduce you to her. All right. I'm done talking. I love you. You are amazing. You are a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. Caitlin, I'm stoked for this. Me too. Thank you for having me. As much as I only met you last week, I kind of feel like I've been waiting for this for years. Oh my goodness. That makes my heart burst. It just felt so right. So immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Like, okay. So the intention here, which I know we're going to go off the rails and we're going to go to beautiful, beautiful lands by going off those rails. But if we are to stay completely on the rails, the intention here is to tap into your astrology knowledge, play astrology and play human design. And I just kind of see us like sharing our charts well, one another's charts. And then the other person, like I can share some human design tidbits with you. And I'm curious, like how that like mirrors what you know about your own astrological chart. Mm. But this is what I'm saying, but I have no idea. Like we're going to be directed to go wherever we're supposed to go. Absolutely. Okay. I love that though. That sounds good. And, um, 
that's really how my brain works. I'm like hearing something about my human design and I'm like, oh, that's my Gemini Mercury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, me yes, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Before we get into playtime, yeah. um, let's talk about you for a moment. Okay. Who let's are you? How did you get to be the magical being that you are? Oh, wow. Well, that's a huge question. That's a huge question. <laughs> I'm like, where do I begin? Um, okay, we'll start at the beginning. I feel like well, as a child, I was always very intuitive. I was like very into witchy things, but I grew up in a conservative Christian family. So I also had like a lot of distance and judgment between myself and the things that I really cared about and connected to. And also, I mean, I think this happens to so many children. Kids are so intuitive and then they're told by their parents or adults, whatever, like, oh, that doesn't exist in that way. No, your dream didn't tell you that thing that then later happened. Um, they put these parameters that then block the intuitive world from really being connected to us. And so I lived the normal life and that happening to me and kind of came back around to my intuition around the same time that I found astrology. I was in college studying sociology and um, wanted to be a researcher for a really long time. And I found my birth chart one day. I actually had a roommate who asked me about my astrology and I thought that it was so dumb. And I was like, you know, how do you care about this at all? And she was like, Caitlin, no, this is real. And you're a Gemini and you are a Gemini. And, you know, I'm like, how can everybody born within 30 days be the same, whatever. So true to my nature, I'm like, I need to do more research about this before I can actually write it off. Like I don't have the information that I need to form a, an opinion here. And I realized this. So that was the first time I saw my astrology birth chart and it just completely blew me away. It put pieces together that I had never known were something that was inherent to me. I thought that it was something that was like wrong with me because I didn't see how that fit into other people that I knew or into healthy relationships and things like that. So it opened up such a big intro into all kinds of like self-work and shadow work and really recognizing like where I had strayed from my personal nature and where I didn't want to recognize the things that set me apart and made me unique, particularly in this area. So I have the moon in Aquarius in the ninth house. And this is like really unconventional thought, really unconventional ways of thinking, but also learning and establishing belief systems. And so studying astrology fits so well into that, but it completely broke me open because I was like, wow, why am I trying to fit my life into doing academic social research that actually I don't feel lit up by? Like, I don't want to be in a lab forever. I want to be out with people and talking to them and having conversations and really interacting. And, um, so all of these things really came together in the perfect storm. At the same time, I was moving through like a lot of personal healing, healing a lot of grief and just coming back to this question of like, who am I? Who do I want to be in this world? And who am I like at my core without the layers of conditioning of religion and my family and where I grew up and all of the things, you know, really wanting to come back to that place. And that's been... I feel like the process of my life and uh, I've been studying astrology now for about eight years, a little over eight years. And I started working with clients four years ago and full time a year and a half ago. So 
it's something that I feel like has grown as I practiced. And, and during that time, I went back to school and got a degree in holistic nutrition and life coaching and started coaching people and working with them one-on-one -on -one in that way. And then really realized there was no separation between astrology and the rest of my life. It was something I used for myself every single day, like looking at the, the moon and my personal transits and utilizing that information to support the goals that I had, the creative projects that I was working on and those kinds of things. And then I was just doing astrology with all of my clients. Like we'd be talking about food and their eating habits. And I'd be like, well, this really relates to series and the birth chart. So like, let's look at where that is for you. And then we would start moving into their astrology. And then I was just like, well, what am I doing? Like, this is what I just need to be doing all the time. And why am I even trying to call it anything else? So yeah, it was a massive process of really reclaiming that and being okay with like being on this outsider position in some way. And, you know, now astrology is like so much more in the mainstream and that's so exciting. But when I started, like, I didn't have any friends who were into astrology. Everybody thought that I was like crazy. I also went to a Christian college. So like a lot of people in my circle were um, fearful of what I was doing and like really hesitant about the things that I was involved in, which is completely okay. But yeah, it was an really interesting and I'm just bird salading all over you right now but I love it just a though. massive process and like reclaiming myself and also one of the really big pieces that happened during this time was finding human design and seeing my body graph for the first time and understanding that I was a reflector and that there was a reason why there were so many things that I was processing and seeing differently than the people around me and why I couldn't fit into the things that the people around me were doing things that I've just had aversion to because my energy like absolutely will not support it, but that everybody was doing. And I was like, why can't I just be normal? Right? Like, why am I not doing the normal thing? And like you and I were just talking about a few minutes ago, human design just gives you so much permission to be yourself. And when I first saw my chart, I was like, so freaked out by it because I was so not close to embodying it and like fully being able to understand the wisdom that, um, I hold just by nature of being myself and giving myself that space and that validity. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. love what you just said right there. So now do you feel like you can own the fact that you're a really big deal? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it feels good now. And I feel like it's something that I've definitely come into greater understanding and like acceptance to. Um, another part of being an Aquarius moon is like, I don't love people to perceive me. <laughs> like, I don't love when people see me really deeply, but also that depth is exactly what brings all of the spark and beauty and support in everything that I do and the care that exists and the things that I do. And, um, yeah, so that's been a, a really big part of the process is like allowing the innermost deepest pieces of me to be fully seen whether or not people are going to accept that and allowing that to be okay and learning how to love myself and come home to myself so that I don't need the validation from external human beings right that I can just know that yes like I hold knowledge that is deeply sacred and supportive and that is scary and exciting <laughs> I'm curious about that being seen bit because you are a different person every single day. And, and yeah. I, so I have an Aquarius moon as well. And I don't remember what that means, but <laughs> because I cannot retain astrology information was just one of the reasons why I'm so excited that we're recording this, but 
like here I am with seven defined centers and only two open centers. I'm like almost the opposite chart as you. And so for me, sometimes I really want people to see me and I also have a defined G center. So I'm like, I am who I am. Yeah. But as somebody who is a totally different person every single day, what does it feel like? Well, what is, what does that feel like? Let's start with there. That's a great question. It feels <laughs> different every day. It feels really different. And it feels sometimes like I've had to let go of the judgment of myself around it and the judgment of myself not being able to show up consistently like, like other people are, quote unquote, you know, and realizing that that is a gift that I have, that I am not the same person day to day. And I actually have more to offer for that reason. But it's also really required a lot of just straight up honesty with myself. Like it's meant that I've had to leave jobs that don't work for me because I've had to have been consistent and I can't do that. And that required a lot of moving through like people pleasing tendencies and wanting to be consistent and show up for people, even though that didn't feel good to me. And even though it wasn't natural for me, but it was like what they expected or like what they wanted in the role. And I'm like, well, I know I can do it. So I'm just going to push myself to do it, which led to like years of extreme caffeine addiction, like just literally fueling my body with so much caffeine every single day because I didn't have the energy and couldn't keep it going, which of course led to like adrenal burnout and fatigue and then having to completely reset my nervous system to the point where I just kind of recognized I cannot for my own health show up in any other way than that. So that's why I've built my business the way that I have so that I can always be fully honoring my energy. And because I know that that's what, that's how I can be the most supported and supportive to others. It's also like how my energy wants to be acknowledged. And I have to trust and know that I'm going to be supported when I honor that and that the universe supports me when I honor my own energy. And I don't need to act like I'm a generator that has all this crazy energy to like do the things consistently and like have a Patreon where I'm showing up every week and like doing a million different things with people. Like I cannot do that. And so I have to know and trust that what I have to offer and what feels good and works for me is going to resonate and feel good for the people I'm meant to be working with. And if it doesn't, that's okay. And it doesn't need to be me. Like, this is what I have to give. And if there is a way that that connects with someone, that's wonderful. And if it doesn't, then that's not my place and that's not my environment to be in. So yeah, I feel like I've had to really, really trust just that gut instinct and that feeling of how does this environment feel for me? And like, what are the expectations that other people in this environment have of me? And how can I align that much more closely with who I really am? So sometimes that's just like a conversation of, hey, I'm like absolutely going to be down to do X, Y, Z for you here. These are the hours that I will have for that. And these are the days in which I will be working. Um, and just letting people know, like, I, I might not be there every single Monday, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to show up when I have the capacity to, it just means that I'm not going to be able to give you like a two hour window that I'm going to be there every single week and like make the thing happen because I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that. But I do know that like the energy will be there at some point. And all I need to do is support myself and like have structures in my life that support me maintaining my energy. Right. So like, I think about energy work and I'm a Reiki master as well. So like Reiki has been such a huge supportive thing for connecting with my energy, clearing my energy, charging myself so that I feel consistently supported, even if I'm not showing up in the exact same way day to day. Does that make sense? 
It makes so much sense. And as you're talking, so I've told you before that I call reflectors disco balls of awesomeness. And you guys are like, are meant to be in the center of the tribe because you are, you are the gift to everybody. And I think that disco ball, when we think of a disco ball, we think of it. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people don't think of disco balls, but I do. And I think of it like hanging hanging from the ceiling. (laughs) Yes. But as you're talking, you are so grounded in the truth and fluidity of who you are. It's just like, it's beautiful and so powerful. And it feels like you have found a way to be you and do what's best for you, honor yourself while honoring the way you, you serve the people, but the, the word serve doesn't, I don't know if that's totally right there, but just the gift you are. Hmm. Thank you. That's such a beautiful reflection. I so appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. On one hand, I tried very hard when I was younger to like mold myself to what other people were doing and like the way things work in society, air quotes around all of it, um, because all of that's bullshit. And we know that, but um, also at a very, very deep core place, I've always known, like I cannot do anything other than be myself and I cannot make myself do something that does not feel good to me. I especially that Aquarius moon, like we're highly ethical with an Aquarius moon, like the principles that we have, we like really severely hold ourselves to it. And I say severely because we can be cold and severe in the way that we hold ourselves to that, that thing. But also when that is something that we allow to just infiltrate how we be in the world, we can create so much change and understanding just because we fully embody the principles that we believe in, which typically come back to this care for humanity and a care for equality and creating greater levels of equality in the communities that we exist in and the ecosystems that we exist in. So I also just kind of have always felt like there's nothing else I can do other than be myself. Like if people don't like it, that's fine. That's going to be okay. Like if I never have a nine to five job working in a corporate setting, excellent. Like I just knew right off the bat, like literally from the time I graduated from college before that, even I was like, no, I'm never doing that. Like that's absolutely never going to be something that I can do and put my energy and myself into. And so, you know, you like find creative ways to make it work and you find creative ways that actually feel good and in flow with you. And yeah, it's definitely a practice. It it takes time. And I think it's like a continual practice, right? Because life is always different. So how you find balance is always going to be changing. Exactly. And every moment is brand new for every one of us. It's just that you as a reflector, you feel a little differently because you feel it in your whole being. Whereas like, I'm like, I still am me and everything's different. And like where my energy is right now is different, but I'm still me. That's so funny because I all the time like feel like I lose myself and not like I disconnect and lose myself, but I'm like, I don't even remember the person that I was six months ago. Like that was me, but it's not me at all. And the person I was two years ago, I have no idea like who that was in some ways. And I love my past selves and I love looking back on my past selves, but it's just so funny because when I am just in the zone, doing my thing, living my day-to-day life. I'm so not connected to 
the parameters that I might have set for myself in that. Like, I don't have this idea or box of like, well, this is who I am. So this is who you're going to show up as tomorrow. And I think I've had to give myself that room because I'm also a Taurus rising. So like the way people see me is usually being like very grounded and very consistent. And then I kind of have to be like, just hang in there and you'll get to meet my Gemini stellium, which is not consistent. And you're going to find out that like, there is almost no consistency in me, but like I, there are things that I am consistent in. And that's usually just the way that I show up, which means that I have to like take care of myself to be able to show up in that space, you know? Yeah. I know like all of <laughs> what you're saying speaks so much to me. And it's interesting too. I have, um, my, maybe all iPhones currently have this feature of showing like new photos every day, like memories. So yeah, it's been showing me and it's a whole bunch of like six pictures every day or like on this day in 2017 or whatever. And this, we've had a lot of photos lately from like 2009 and I look and I'm like, who are you? Who are you? Like, yeah, I have, uh, um, like I can see that little spark of me and of meanness that travels throughout, but I'm also like, whoa, you've grown so much. That's so beautiful. It's so nice to like have those moments and to just look back and reflect and see all of the growth because I think usually... I think most humans don't see that when you're in the midst of it, like you're in the middle of doing all the things you're not going to necessarily be taking the time to like reflect about what that means and how you're different and all of the pieces. That's something that I feel on like a day to day. And I love reminding like my clients and my friends, like think about where you were with this, like two months ago, think about what this looked like six months ago. Like, it is insane how much has shifted. Give gratitude to yourself, like give thanks to yourself for all of these things that have happened and who you used to be wow. That's so, so cool. And I also have, when I remember that, which someone like you is super helpful for remembering that, but I need to remind myself, you are not the same person you were two months ago. You will not be the same person in two months. Anything, everything is possible between now and then you have no idea what's going to happen in the next five minutes, like let alone tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. We have like a lot of false senses of security and that things will be the same or our job will never change. The way we feel in this relationship will never change, but all of those things are always changing all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the last couple of years have made that so much more present for people. And I kind of had a few moments, especially like in the beginning of lockdown and stuff like that, where people around me were, you know, rightfully and very truly like freaking out. And I was kind of like, but this could have happened literally any day. This could have been any day in your life. And this could have been absolutely anything. Like, it's just something that happens. Life is this constant change. And it's upsetting all of these structures that have been in place that allow people to feel secure and like making them realize maybe that's actually not a guarantee that there is security in that. Yeah. Like literally everything is temporary. Exactly. Exactly. I want to talk more about you. Okay. okay. So, so this... You're, we've talked about your reflectorness. You're also, you're a three, five profile, which yeah. means you learn through personal experience Oh God! and it feels like, like everything is an experiment for you. And 
you guys are also super relatable and you, you often need a reminder that you're doing a great job. So Caitlin, you're doing Aww. an amazing job. Thank you so much. That does mean a lot to me. <laughs> oh, yay. Um, do, do you use that bit of like constant experimentation resonate with you? So much so. I never know what I like until I'm doing it. I'm very like a kinesthetic learner. I need to be hands-on doing the thing to learn it and to be involved. But as a, I relate a lot of this to my Gemini. So I have my son, Mercury and Venus in Gemini. So I'm like a very curious human. The way my brain operates is through a curiosity and also a desire to gain information. And then for me, that comes through like through my own personal experience and how I'm involving myself in it. So I've tried and quit like a million things in my life. And when I was a kid, I thought that I just like couldn't do sports and that I was like a quitter. Like literally that was the narrative that I had about myself, probably because my older sister like made fun of me at some point and told me that I quit too many things because she's very much not like me. That's, um, but yeah, I definitely have to try things to be able to know, is this something that I even enjoy? Is this something that I was curious about and like is cool, but isn't for me? Is this something that really excites me and lights me up? I never really know until I tried doing it. So like for nutrition coaching, I was so excited about that. I was absolutely stoked to be doing holistic nutrition things with people. And food is something I've cared about my entire life. And nutrition became a really big part of my life when I was really young because my dad was sick. And, um, then I did it for like two months and I was like, wow, I absolutely hate talking to people about food and how they're changing what they're eating and all of these things. Like I hate doing this. I love the things that we're talking about and I hate the reality of what this looks like. Like it doesn't work well for me. So absolutely. I really do need to experiment and learning about the three, five profile too, just gave me so much permission to be like, wow, I can just try things and let them go and not care about that and allow that to inform what I am doing, but building up this idea of like failure tolerance, which one of my teachers, Michelle Pelazon talks about all the time, like growing your failure tolerance, because it's fine when things fail and you take that information and you utilize the information for the next thing that you were creating. Um, and that there is this necessary piece of creating anything in the world that has to move through failure that just kind of allowed me to let go of it and see everything that I'm doing as an experiment and allow myself to always be able to adjust and really be flexible with what that looks like and how it's coming through and not needing to like set the parameters of consistency around it and just allowing it to be what it is and to inform me at the same time, right? Like all of the things that I've done in my life or the experiments that I've, that I've participated in to figure out how it fits into my life all of those things carry their own energy to it. And just because it's not matching mine doesn't mean that there's something negative with it or there's something wrong with it, but you have to like tap into it to even see how that connection works and feels. So, yeah. yeah. And the, it's interesting. It's so interesting because there's so many different things in human design that can look similar, like three fives, no matter your energy type, you look like an MG mm. because you're trying all the different things. And then there's like taste digestion and other things that have you like just trying all the things. And as you were talking about nutrition coaching, it reminded me of the minute, not even a minute and a half that I was a beach body coach. <laughs> so I had been invited for years over and over and over again, I kept saying no until finally I was like, well, maybe the universe is like trying to be like, yo, do this. So I finally said yes. And I was like, I'll, I'll find a way to do it my way like infused some meditation in it. Here's Love the thing. 
I really, truly don't care what anyone else is doing for their workout. I don't really care what they're eating. I, I'm just, yeah, that whole thing was very much not for me. I was like in and out. I think it took me more time to set up everything and more time to get like, end everything than it did the actual time I was in it. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it's just so crucial to like, try it. And I feel like sometimes you have those pings of like, I'm being called to try this thing. I really want to do this thing. And it immediately is not working for you so that you have that experience of knowing like this type of structure, this thing is absolutely not what works for me right now. And I can just completely let that thing go. And I, I don't need to try to invest myself in it. Right. Like maybe I needed to try that to n- never be tempted by it again. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And to just know maybe that like type of structure really just didn't sit with you. And also yeah. wasn't the way that you wanted to be supporting you, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, Oh, where should we go next? I actually, I have a question about, um, making decisions Yes. as a reflector. Okay. And so human design teaches us that you need to wait a lunar cycle. That's technically what it says, but what I usually tell people, tell reflectors, I want to hear from a real reflector, but I say, <laughs> feel into your energy every single day, feel into how it's different no matter like where the moon is, that's going to determine like how you're feeling about it a certain day. And when you feel complete with the decision, go ahead and make it. So it might take you a week. It might take you, it might take you a full lunar cycle. I love that. I love that the freedom that there is there, like it doesn't need to be a full 28 days. I definitely, when I first got into human design, I think I put too much structured focus on the 28 days. And then would still feel equally lost when I came to the end of it. Like, oh, I have no idea what the decision is here. I just kind of stopped thinking about it after a certain point. So what now? So I've looked at this in a couple of different ways. The first is just, like you said, the recognition of that your energy is going to be fluctuating. And the most important thing is to just pay attention to that and pay attention to where that's calling you because I can sit in something for a week and just be aware of my energy around how it feels about decision. Pull tarot cards around it a couple of times maybe, um, but just give myself that space and then come to a really firm yes or no sometimes at the end of it. And it, it does not need to be 28 days, but something that has really been incredibly profound in my life in the last couple of years has been moving through this process of getting my body completely off of hormonal birth control and really becoming much more in sync with my cycle. And I feel like that 28 day cycle is more potent for me in terms of decision-making than the moon cycle is. So I always follow the moon cycle astrologically and where it's hitting my chart. And based off of that, I'll really get a feel for and know like where my energy is going to be at based off of what planets it's hitting, um, what house it's in for me. I'll know my energy is going to be more creative on this day or more outward facing on this day. And I should meet my, my clients then, or in these two days, I'm like going to be much more in a reserved in internal space. And I need to make sure that I have some time for myself here. And I feel like that's really consistent with my menstrual cycle as well. I know that when I'm in my bleed, I do not want to be meeting with clients for astrology. I will only be doing Reiki and tarot sessions. And even then I'll be doing one to two a day. So I really like lower my workload and give myself space to rest. And then I find that that too is when I am most connected to my intuition. And that's really where I look at and bring things into the 28 day cycle. So an example of this, that's been really relevant in my life lately is that 
this summer I decided I wanted to start a Patreon and be um, showing up there a couple times a month and just giving better access to my content, better content to the people who follow me and not just shouting into the void of like social media and also wanting to disengage from my creativity being linked to social media, um, feeling like my clients that I'm getting are from social media, all of the things I, I did not feel good about that. And so I decided to launch a Patreon and I recognized this like in the middle of my cycle. So I was like, okay, I will think about this when I'm on my bleed. This is something that I'll try to like flesh out, see what my ideas are and just kind of feel into it a little bit more at that point. And then another full cycle went by where I was like, planning it and prepping it, but not really getting too deep into the details. I wasn't feeling super inspired about the details at that point. I, the energy around it was more just like, I decided I'm going to do this. So like, I have to follow through with it. And then one day I just had this ping was like, you do not need to do that. What you need to be doing is a podcast right now. And that was at the beginning of a cycle. And now I am almost done with this cycle. And I've started it and launched it. And it was completely effortless because it was so in flow with my energy. And I took that space to really think like, how do I want to contribute? How do I want to create content that I can share with people and feel really good about putting it out and not feel some kind of like resentment towards the algorithm of people not seeing it and whatever, right? Like for a way for it to really feel good for me. And it was just so obvious after that span of time that like it needed to be in a slightly different direction than I had thought originally, but that only came to me because I was able to take that time. So even though like, the creation of it wasn't 28 days to decide if I wanted to create it. Like I had already spent at least 28 days really thinking about and sitting with my energy and figuring out what would feel good for me. In that. Mm. So it's like the decision can happen in a, in a day for you, but the, there's still some processing, a whole lot of processing yeah, to the decision. Absolutely. And I absolutely. also love that that's an example of a, a ping that's a, Oh, this, Oh, that was a like this, but not this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I have a lot of those in my life. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I have to, and maybe that's because of my three, five-ness, but yeah, 100%. I get a lot of things where I'm like, oh, really excited to do this little project, really excited to do this work thing. And then a month or two months later, it's just not even relevant at all, but there's something that I've taken from it and been able to move into something else but yeah there's always yeah. a reason that it shows up for us and yes. as humans sometimes we're ridiculous and we're like oh because I'm supposed to do that no 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 because you were just supposed to like the color or like you know whatever it was that was supposed to just like bump you in this other direction I love that absolutely and also you and I talked about this I have that the gate of ideas which number is that again 11 11. So that's also a contributing factor too, to like having a lot of ideas and having to recognize like, these aren't all for me to execute. A lot of them are for me to just share and allow other people to make happen and do the thing because they have the ability and the energy to do that. Yeah. How do you share them? Um, I guess it depends on the context and the situation. Like if it's a friend that I have and I just have this random idea, I'll just shoot them a text or a voice message or I'll call them and be like, I was just thinking about you. And I don't know if this sounds good to you, but this sounded beautiful to me. And I think that you need to like have this information. Um, if it's like a client of mine and I feel like it's a little bit easier, right? Like it's not unsolicited, but I want to always be really respectful of not just approaching someone and being like, I have this idea and like, now you do it. <laughs> Now it's for you because I don't know, like maybe it's not for them and it's for somebody else and they take it and make it look differently. But 
I think usually it's pretty organic. Like it happens when I'm in conversation with people and I, I'm able to see a lot of their energy and who they are and also where their higher self or soul or being is wanting to move in the world in some kind of way. This sounds like really airy and I'm trying to make it sound <laughs> real, even though it's nuanced and kind of out there, but like, I don't know. I feel like I'm able to really see where their energy is being directed, especially when it comes to astrology. Like astrology is a literal map that I get to have when I'm sitting with somebody to just talk to them about their lives and realizing like, oh, well, maybe you've been trying this thing and you just need to switch this thing in a slight way and put this in this area of life or make this adjustment to it. And it's going to be different for you. Or you have, I don't know, Pluto in the seventh house being the therapist friend, being a person who supports someone through transition is like absolutely key to most of your relationships. So how is that coming through in your work? How is that coming through for you? And, you know, leave that in your personal relationships. You don't need to be the therapist for your friends, for your family members, for the people you're in partnership with, but how do you bring that into your work? And just kind of working through it from that type of angle while noticing where it is that that energy really wants to be expressed and the gifts that that gives them. I, okay. This astrology is the map. I want to know all the things about that. And also, so like kind of two-part question, tell us everything about that, please. And then, <laughs> so like human design is the blueprint. Astrology mm. is the map. How do oh, they fit together? I love that. I love that so much. Okay. So that's such a beautiful question. Astrology is the map of our lives. It's not just you. And actually within your birth chart, there are only a few houses and a few planets that are really going to be related to you personally. Otherwise, everything else that you see is in, is in the birth chart. Like your friends, your family members, your the people you think are like against you, you can see in the birth chart. So it's a map to all kinds of things and energy, not just you. Yes, it will show you certain energies and the ways that you desire to function in certain areas and like how you can find flow in that space. But it's not just you. It's this overall full map of the energy depiction of your life and also once you get into different timing techniques, I mean, it's like a literal book of your life, chapter by chapter, what's being activated, what those energies are, and like how that kind of comes through in one's life. Whereas my usage of human design is much more based off of, okay, let's take the person and the person specific energy deeper and understand what that looks like. So like in my birth chart, I see so many things that influence me being a reflector, but just because I have those things in my birth chart doesn't mean that I would be a reflector. Like that's something that you would only see through the human design chart. And so being able to see something for the, the blueprint, really, I love that the blueprint for human design and the map for astrology, but human design really gives you that idea of where does my energy flow? Where am I taking things in and where am I um, much more defined in that ability? Like just even knowing your open and defined centers is like, so astoundingly mind-blowing in terms of being able to understand the way your energy flows. So I always look at the human design charts for my clients. Like it doesn't matter if we never touch on it and if they're not interested in it, it's always just helpful for me to understand how does their energy flow and function and like what is going to feel best to them? Because I want to look at your chart and I mean, I have your birth chart right in front of me. There's nothing in here that I'm like, oh yeah, of course you're a man, Jen, you know? Yeah. Oh, but, so it shows us something different. It's cool. Okay. So what does my birth chart show you? 
wow, so many things. <laughs> Scarily open-ended. Um, well, I love your Sagittarius rising. You have uh, two asteroids really close to your ascendant itself. So your ascendant in Sag is why you are a learner and a teacher and um, somebody who wants to take journeys in your life and have the experiences in your life. Sagittarius is a fire sign. It's very active. It also really wants to learn through experience, but particularly learn like overall universal beliefs and lessons. So there's this focus of like what I experience and what I do in my life is going to lead to an overall perspective that I have and that I then can give out to people and teach them with. So this is the archetype of the teacher and the hermit and Sagittarius is also like an adventurer and an explorer. So this is your ascendant. So this is how you walk in your daily life and also how you come off to people right off the bat and immediately. Um, Sag risings are also like very fun. Like you literally have the wall behind you is red and it says joy on it. And that's like, so Sag. First of all, fire energy, I automatically think red, but just this excitement, this desire, this hunger and appetite for life and for experiencing it all and experiencing it fully is such a Sag rising. It's so beautiful. Um, but then the work that you do, being able to connect people to this higher system of thought and idea that just clicks for you. But like the way you can't remember astrology, that's how I am with human design. Like I don't remember anything about my gates. I remember specific things that are helpful to me, but like gate 11, I barely had in my mind. I had to pause to recall that. <laughs> so anyway, your rising has two asteroids that are almost directly on top of it. You have the asteroid Pallas Athena and you have the asteroid Vesta. And these are two of four of what are called the asteroid goddesses. And that's because they are like, they were some of the first asteroids that were found and brought into modern astrology, but they also really embody these goddess archetypes that were kind of the first uh, time we saw really feminine archetypes being embodied in astrology. Before that, astrology was incredibly masculine, not just in that most astrologers were men at this point, which we have the witch hunts to thank and so many other things that are responsible for that. Um, but this was really the first like time that we understood feminine embodiment in terms of planetary bodies and beings. So Pallas Athena is all about strategizing. Pallas Athena was the daughter of Jupiter and in the mythology, literally like burst out of his forehead, fully grown and like with a sword and shield, like ready to go. So she is a goddess of war um, and of the art of war, the strategy of war, but also of um, creativity, crafts, the earth poetry. So there is this really beautiful connection of both the arts and um, strategizing that come into play here, which gives this flair and this flavor to you and how you come across, like being able to be a person who in situations is able to utilize your brain and strategize about what's happening so that you can support what's going on and like find more effective, efficient ways of doing the thing. Um, and then you also have the asteroid Vesta next to your ascendant and Vesta is one of my personal favorites to work with. Vesta corresponds back to the Vestal Virgins, which were this group of women seers and um, priestesses who spent their lives in devotion and in sacred devotion. So they tended this flame and this fire that never went out in their, uh, like blanking on the name, where they lived and like where they served. Um, 
And so where we have Vesta, we find this incredibly deep connection to how it is that we desire to be devoted and to be of service, um, not just to people and the work that we're doing, but particularly to the divine and how it is that we like tend that flame in our lives. And so this is really beautiful because this brings a lot of, this brings a lot of really authentic care and recognition for the depth that exists in the practices that you partake in, but also in the things that you open other people into. This also brings a really massive quality to who you are and how you show up. That's like very devoted and very personable and very intuitive, very creative. And again, there's like this, there's palace there. So there's also like this mental strategic piece that's happening. It's not all happening on this like experiential level, but it, really merges the mind, body, and spirit for you right at your ascendant, which is so cool. And so I just like, as you're talking, I'm just bouncing all around my chart in my head. I'm like, okay, well, that's my gate 43, which is unique insights. And, um, I'm actually like human design in human design language. I'm not built for strategy, but there are so many different ways to define strategy mm. and everything else about Athena. I'm like, mm-hmm. warrior Buddha, like connected yes. with the earth, creativity, all of that. And then also the, like your physical body, you're so athletic. Yeah. And I, I'm like in, in my body. Yes. And actually that's one of the things that came up too about, I can't remember if I told you this last time we talked, but I have this channel in human design. I call it my play channel. And it's, it's all about competition, but my definition of competition, which is striving together. It's that like running side by side with somebody where they pick it up a little bit. So you pick it up a little bit and then they pick it up a little bit. And the two of you cross the finish line and just like embrace probably in tears. Cause you both just had the race of your life and just did things wow. you didn't know was possible because of each other. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. That's my favorite definition of competition that I've ever heard. Mm, thanks. <laughs> that is, and the, the interesting thing, well, there's a lot of interesting things about that channel, but like, so that's, that's how competition is for me. And yet it's a projected channel. So people will project onto me, like they want to compete with me. And I'm like, what, what? No, no, I'm not competing. I'm not. So and I, had that yeah. happen so many times in my life where it's like, oh, so-and-so just really wants to compete with you. And I'm like, what? We're not racing. We're not racing. That's not what's happening. That's not what's happening right now. I'm not playing. That's so funny. and so interesting. Yeah. That definitely has a lot of palace ties in like people just feeling like you're going up to bat and like holding your defenses when you're like, no, I'm actually not doing that at all. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when also because I'm an athlete, I've had people say like, Oh, cause a type a person like you. And I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got that all wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're counting on me to do something in a type a way, you're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> you're very like, confused. Really wide yeah. Yeah. Um, like, flip that completely over. Um, that's so oh, funny. Oh, that's and exactly then, how I feel like my Taurus rising is for people where I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not consistent like that. Like, that's not it. <laughs> You're going to have to figure that one out. <laughs> yes. It's so interesting. The ways 
in both astrology and human design, this stuff that it's like, oh, I know, I know you see me that way. And it's just so inaccurate. (laughs) It is funny. And it's so cool to see like how you can see both of those pieces through both astrology and human design, even though they're saying it slightly differently, you could still get to that same point, which is so cool. All right. And you mentioned hermit energy. Which I think is funny because that shows up two places. Well, no, three places in my chart. One, the gate of aloneness. There are three gates Mm. of aloneness and I have one of them. Okay. Um, You do too. And and (laughs) I've got my environment in human design is caves. I didn't actually look Mm. up your environment. We'll do that after we're done recording. I think my environment is markets. Oh, okay. Which is kind of the opposite of caves. But it depends. <laughs> some people like to be in the market, but talking to only one person. And that's, some people... that's pretty much me. I like to like be in the middle of the activity happening, but like be in my own quiet space, just witnessing it all. Yeah. And allowing so... that energy to like come through to me. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to be in my own space. <laughs> Thank you very You're much. Like Nobody talked to me, like putting up my energetic blocks walking yeah. in here. <laughs> yep. I like to, I love to hang out with people outside my house, but no, you can't come in. Mm. In fact, I'm usually like, why would you want to come in? No. Is that an environment thing or is that your gate of aloneness thing? That's an environment thing. The gate of aloneness shows up more as um, feeling alone, even when you're in your crowd, because you're so in your own energy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That resonates. Absolutely. And also like needing to be alone, but yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and the other place, the hermit energy shows up is in my six line, which oh. is the grown up three line. So I still, I have all that experimental energy too, but I also have the six is a role model mm-hmm. and it, um, it comes across to other people as a Lufus Buck, which yeah, has a little gang sign. <laughs> So yeah, I look to other people, people outside me think I'm like super hermity. Meanwhile, my four line is all about like humans, let's play. Yes, like actual connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That that six line makes a lot of sense with your Libra placements too. And just that idea of being the leader, but also coming across in kind of in a loop way because your Libra stellium is all making a trine aspect to your Aquarius moon. And that is something that as Aquarius moons, like we're given the projection of all the time is that like, we're really aloof. We're really not connected to our emotions. We really like don't allow our emotions to come into our decision-making or we're just like kind of spacey and like not emotionally present with other people. And that's actually not true at all. Like we have such deeply run emotions, but we're very selective about how and when we process them. And we don't ever process with other people at a point where it's not theirs to hold or to heal. Like we also can err on the side of being too private with our emotions and too much like holding it close to our chest and not letting people into what's going on. But really we just have an actual boundary line of like, my emotions exist and they can affect me in these ways and I can hold them in these ways. But also when it comes to the work that I'm doing or showing up in this capacity, they don't need to exist in that space because they don't have anything to do with it. So we can kind of make that separation there. Yeah. People think we're like really aloof a lot of times. That is so (laughs) interesting. And so resonates with me. I am, 
I have emotional authority in human design, but I've got the subtle emotional wave. Mm. Um, also in sports psychology, that's called having good emotional control. Yeah. It means basically like I can cry on my bike and still hit the watts I'm supposed to hit. Mm. That's pretty badass. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's harder in swimming because the tears fill up my goggles. But That's on the bike, true. it just not just when runs. You're like, <laughs> when you're like crying swimming, you're like choking underwater. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's actually really unpleasant. A lot harder. <laughs> this is so fun. Okay, so that kind of explains too why I don't always, like I kind of resonate with being a Libra. Like in some ways I totally resonate with being a Libra. In other ways I'm like, eh. Yeah. Not so much. Well, and I'm sure you've heard too that Libra is like incredibly social and like really popular and like just wants to please people. All of those things can absolutely be true, but Libra's core desire is just to be in partnership with others. And so that's your four line. Like that's your four line wanting to actually connect and like connect deeply and having that Libra, having a Libra that you do in particular, it's connected to your midheaven and to your Pluto. So this is incredibly powerful potent visual energy. Like people receive this energy from you tenfold. And this is also what really carries also your reputation and how people know you in your field and in the world um, is through that connectedness. But your Aquarius moon is exactly trying to your sun. So there's automatically this objectivity that gets brought into your relationships and into your re- into your connections with other people. So even though you're able to really see them and feel them and connect with them. There's still a level of objectivity that you hold just in that space because you can carry this space really well. You can connect with almost anybody. You could probably talk to a wall and at the end of of it, it'd be like, you're my new best friend. And you're kind of like, okay, we like had a cool conversation. Yes. That's nice. Although sometimes they are my new best friend. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm sure you make friends like literally everywhere you are, but Libras have this insane gift of allowing other people to really feel seen and understood and connected to. And you have that capacity to give that out exponentially and in a really amazing public way with this being attached to your midheaven, which is super cool. But I can definitely understand why you haven't resonated with all of the Libra things. But I'll ask, so Libras usually are really focused on their physical environment and surroundings, like feeling and being a certain way. Um, And I'm curious what that is like for you, because the core thing about Libras is typically the desire to like beautify your space and have your space be something that like feels really harmonious and peaceful and good where you can like create where you can have alone space or not but mostly where you feel like really re-energized from your space itself and like the care and curation of your home space but all of your Libra is in your 10th house, which is your outward facing self, your public self. Um, and then this is opposite Aries in your fourth house, which is your physical home and environment. And Aries um, <laughs> does not care about its surroundings in the same way that Libra does. So I'm curious how you experience that. that, that I, thank you for that permission. <laughs> <laughs> I care and I don't care. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff on my desk. And I care very much about that joy wall. It's like everything. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I care very much about my access to nature from my home. Not something I crave deeply. Yeah. And, and that feels like very, very much like home to me. I recently had a conversation with a friend. I was telling her, I sent her a picture of, we had baby bunnies in our yard recently. And I sent her a picture and she commented, sometimes I miss having a yard. And I like caught myself, like I like couldn't breathe for a second because I was like, oh my God, the idea of not having a yard, not having my own personal outdoor space. I I can't, that's not for me. What was that like for you when you and your husband were traveling? (laughs) Yeah. Great question. Everywhere became my connection with nature and my yard. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you've experienced, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say those few campgrounds that were like all paved. Yeah. I was like, oh, we're just like kind of in a parking lot. Let's get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. You've experienced so many different types of nature just through the places you've lived in your life and through your travels. I'm curious if there is like, if it's just the connection in general that you really need and crave, or if there's a particular type of like terrain that you really connect with. Yeah. Um, I'm not made for the desert. Mm. (laughs) Although I found a lot, well, parts of Las Cruces, New Mexico. Okay. That absolutely fed my soul. Then we went into Arizona and I was like, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't like the dry heat, like my body. I was just craving humidity desperately. So many people like, why didn't you keep going? You were so close to California. Why didn't you just keep going? I was like, Pete and I looked at each other and we're like, no, no more desert. (laughs) We need humidity. We got to some place in Louisiana and opened the car doors and we're like, ah, it was like full, like, you know, hundred degrees and 90% humidity. And we were like, yeah. Oh my God. That's so wild. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. I feel the exact opposite about humidity and dry heat, but like I grew up in the central California desert. So I'm like, give me 115 day anytime, but 80, 80 degrees and more than 90% humidity. I'm, I'm done. Like I'm out. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite. So give me yeah. that like dry heat. And I'm like, why is the sun touching me so much? <laughs> That's really what it is. But when the air feel like I feel really claustrophobic in humidity. I feel like the air is like surrounding me and coming into my lungs. And like, I can't even take a breath. I'm like, how do, how does anybody do this? I know it's just, it's just what you're used to. It is. I have a friend from California used to say, it feels like being in the inside of someone's mouth when he came to visit out here. Yeah. That's hilarious. And Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's in my chart. Yeah. It's all in the chart. I love it too. Mm. Mm. I'm looking at your chart now to see if there's anything in particular that really stands out to me. Oh, you have both Mars and Uranus conjunct one another in Scorpio. What does that mean? (sighs) Well, it's, that's a lot of intense energy, my friend. You also have Venus in Scorpio, which is um, also particularly intense, but we'll get into this. So Mars is one of the, Mars is a ruler of Scorpio. So this is actually an incredibly favorable, great placement to have Mars. This makes Mars. So Mars represents your 
self-asserted will, how you want to take action. It's like your desires, how you chase them. It is also your athleticism and how you want to move your physical body. It is much more of a conflicting type of energy. It, it, whereas Venus like wants to harmonize Mars, it like wants to sever and tear things apart. So Mars and Aquarius, I'm sorry, and Scorpio allows you to be deeply investigative and like sever information to get down really, really deep to the bottom of what's going on to isolate what's happening, but also hold that in perspective as far as how it's, how it's affecting the whole and like what's really happening there. Um, Scorpio is a deeply transformative sign. So it's a water sign, which means there's a lot of intuition that comes from these placements, intuition, as far as how you feel the energy and the people around you, how you feel the emotional current that exists around you. And this is in your 11th house. So this also is connecting back to your connection to the communities that you're in, to society, but really to like the groups and organizations that you're a part of. Um, so yeah, there's this really incredible ability to dive really deeply into the actual information and things that are happening that are underneath the surface of what's going on that other people probably wouldn't just see and pick up on, right? So Scorpio is like really the, it's swamp energy. And I say this in the most loving way because a swamp, we have all of these ideas of like what a swamp is and it's this gross thing, but really swamps hold such an insane amount of life on this planet. It is ridiculous. Underneath the water, there are so many things happening and so much life, but you wouldn't just see that from the surface. So Scorpio is this energy because it's all of the life that's teeming and bubbling inside of the water. And you have this ability to like get deep down in there, to dive right in there. And then your Venus being here means that you really desire that and require that in a lot of your relationships and in the connections that you have. Like when you love and care about somebody, you do so, so fully and you want to like see all of them and know all of it. And there isn't judgment usually with Scorpio around the more negative qualities or feelings or whatever, like, especially as a Scorpio Venus person, like you want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly about the people that you love and care about, because that represents all of them. And you have an awareness of like, we need to see the full person and we can love all the things anyway. Um, there's also this desire that Scorpio has to like transform and to be in this really deep process of transformation with others. So you can lead people through that process really well and also be able to again with Mars, like take action on this in a way and create actionable steps so that it actually makes sense to people and doesn't just feel overwhelming, but feels like connective and positive and also like they're making progress in some kind of way. Um, and then Uranus being here is also really interesting. Uranus is a planet that is very electric. It's an outer planet, so it's considered generational and it's not as personally influenced for you. Like Everybody within a span of, I'm going to get this exactly wrong, um, but about in a span of like eight to 12 years, being born in this time had Uranus and Scorpio. So like the sign that it's in is not necessarily as indicative to how it comes through for you, but the fact that your Mars is right on top of it and that it sits in your 11th house is telling us a lot. And it means that you are this like agent of total change and transformation wherever you are. So Scorpio takes us through like the emotional process of transformation and change, but Uranus comes in and literally is just like a lightning bolt, changing shit, shaking things up so that we can move towards a higher evolution and let go of the things that need to be let go of. Um, and Uranus leaves us no other option. Like when we experience Uranus transits, it's when stuff happens in life that you're like, I cannot have seen this coming. I cannot do anything else, but 
respond to this in the best that I can and try to figure out where it is we go from here and allow my intuition to guide that process. And so that energy is something that you carry with you and like all of the things that you do and just who you naturally are. And then because of your Libra in particular, there's this like lightness and grace and beauty and the ways that you're connecting with people, but you're like, great. That's because we're meant to be going deeper and that there are things that we can work on through this point, but we don't need to do it in a way where this stuff looks scary because it doesn't need to be scary. This is just the process of life. And you're here to support other people in that process, but particularly like your communities. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> let me show you how that all shows up in my human design. My yes. incarnation cross right mm-hmm. angle cross of penetration three, which Ooh. means penetrating energy. I see through everything. I would say Scorpio is incredibly penetrating as well. Yeah. So I see through everything. It sometimes makes people really uncomfortable because I, I oh, see absolutely. through people. Any mask just makes me tired. I'm like, don't yes. put that on. <sighs> and you're here to kind of shake people out of that and be like, you don't need to hold that. Yes. Stop. Just put it down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, and that my incarnation cross is all about being intuitive for other people. Mm, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the other piece is a gate that you and I have both have, which is called, it's called the therapist gate. And I think I told you about this before. It's all about going through experiencing both emotional things and spiritual things before other people. We go first so we can guide other people through it. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's really beautiful. I love that. Like I see that just in your Scorpio placements in general. Like I imagine you like walking this winding path that's totally dark, but you're like holding the lantern for the people Mm. who are behind you. Cause you're like, I know where we're going. Like, it's not that scary. I know it looks scary, but it's not that scary. You're going to be okay. Oh, I really love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of this. I want to keep going. But I guess maybe we'll just have to do another episode, but we'll go play on your podcast and then we'll, there's just, we need more of this. We do. I love this so much. We can make this a regular thing. (laughs) I love that idea. Before we wrap up, do you have any other questions about your human design? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I feel like I could just pick your brain for like so many hours about my human design. Um, I guess my question for you is intuitively, when you look at my chart, I'm curious about what, if there is a gate that is something that is either more challenging for me to engage with or something that I engage with, but I'm not conscious of it. Hmm. So, okay. Logically, I don't know why this is popping up, but what I'm drawn to is the gate of it's for a generator or an MG. I say it's extra sparkle for you. It's just sparkle. And it's, it's the, it's important for us all to do what lights us up. But for you, it is essential because that is you, you are just absolutely positively irresistible when you are doing what you love. It's mastering life by doing what you love. And for you that what you love might be totally different every day. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. And like we've been saying so many times, like just so much permission, just so much permission to like fully enjoy. And I see this a lot in my Taurus rising, which means that my ruling planet is Venus, which means that my physical body and the way that I am here to express is through pleasure and enjoyment and connection and like the fun, pleasurable, nice things in life and not like the harsher other end of things. And it's something that I have had to really work on giving myself permission for. Like, no, you are meant to take pleasure every single day. Like it is okay to always make sure you are doing the things that you love and to not feel like you need to invest your time really anywhere else. And yeah, I really love that. You're here to play in the light like me. Oh, yeah. It's it's not that we can't see the darkness or not that we've not experienced darkness. Exactly. But we really are here to play in the light and to bring other people into the light and show other people their light. Wow. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. I always, when I say it, I always picture bouncing on a trampoline, bouncing up into the light. And so you want to bounce with me? I want to bounce with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll play with you in the light forever. (laughs) Awesome. This reminds me of something I need to, this is totally off topic and no one who's listening is going to care, but you need to know that when you go stay in different campgrounds, some of them have these amazing bouncy things. Some of them have really disappointing bouncy things, but it's just like giant pillow. And what? Just, I love that. Yeah. It's like it's the like, kind that they put like on a lake. Yes. You know but about? not like there's actually no trampoline to it. It's just like an inflatable. It's like the, the bottom part of a bouncy castle. Oh my God. Some of them were really like epic bounce. That's some amazing. of them were like, like my dream. That's right. so cool. I'll For tell you where the best birthday, one is. I told my mom, like, I just want to get a bouncy castle and like literally have a blast with my friends. Like, I don't care. So that's what we did for my 16th birthday. And it was the best ever. <laughs> oh, obviously. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. All right. I love it. So we're doing more of this in the future. Yes. But absolutely. in the meantime, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, I got to work with Caitlin. How can they work with you? What can they do with you? Where can they find you? Tell us I everything. Love I love it. So you can find me. Um, on Instagram at Kate Gare, C-A-I-T-G-O-E-H-R. And I'm on Twitter under the same handle um, or through my website of the stars.love. Um, and right now I'm doing mostly one-on-one work. So I'm doing one-on-one 90 minute birth chart readings. I do um, seasonal guidance readings where we look at your birth chart, the cycles you're currently moving through, and then the astrological season that's coming up ahead to kind of fine tune, like where is the energy pulling you? what is being activated during this time and how can we use this to really support what it is that you're working on in your life. And typically like more creatives and entrepreneurs really like that style of session because it gives them some kind of structure moving into the, into the month, but also a lot of flow to be able to do what they're doing and what, however it matches for them. Um, And then I also am doing distance Reiki. I don't, I'm not doing in-person Reiki right now, just because of the health of the world and having a physical space and what all of that entails. So I'm doing distance Reiki, which you can schedule with me online through my website. Um, and then I do tarot consultations and tarot readings. So I can either do like a recorded tarot reading where I'm pulling the cards and then speaking into my microphone and sending that to you. Or we do tarot consultations on zoom where you can just ask as many questions as you want. I'll pull as many cards as you want during the time that you've scheduled and we'll get into all of it there. Um, and then what else? 
I am launching a podcast this month. So it's already up on iTunes, which is or on the Apple podcast on iTunes. <laughs> like it's it is iTunes. Everyone thinks it's called <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm always probably going to be calling it iTunes because I was like an iPod kid growing up. Um, but yeah, I'm already on Apple Podcasts. I just have the trailer up right now. So we'll be really getting the ball rolling with that a little bit later this month, but it's called The Cosmic Drip. So you can subscribe to it there and be made aware of when the first episode drops, which is going to be like an overall collective seasonal guidance reading around Libra season, which I'm super excited to be doing on like a collective scale. So and then locally in San Diego, every month I host full moon circles. So that's something if anybody is local to the area and wants to drop by and join, I do it the Friday of the full moon. So it's usually a couple days after or a couple days before the actual full moon. But yeah, those are all the things. I love. Did you tell us your website? Oh, it's of the stars dot love. Okay. I'll send it to you so you can throw it in the show notes too if you want. Okay. You are amazing. This was so much fun. Thank you Thank so you. much. This was such a blast. I loved it. I loved it. And I love you. And I'm so excited to see what we end up doing in the future. Me too. Me too. Oh, I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If that episode resonated with you, please share it with all your people or all the people. And if it feels good to you, please leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple podcasts. And if you haven't subscribed to the find your awesome podcast yet, please do so just so you don't miss an episode. And finally, you can learn all about me and how to work with me at kelseyabbott.com. Remember all those new offers I'm super excited about, including private sessions with me, the meditation library, the four, six class, and Coral Kelsey. All right, I'm out of here. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.